0: Welcome to Almost Here, round the corner of future technology podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies ways to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner. From Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hey, this is Richard Jacobs, Future Tech Podcast. Round the corner, almost here, technology. And today I have Duncan Brown, uh, CEO of Distributed ID, and also Merrick Reed, uh, Chief Technology Officer of Distributed ID. How you doing, guys?
1: Good. How are you? Good.
0: Thanks for being on the podcast. Excellent. I was, um, I've been doing intros of companies, but I find that the companies do a much better job themselves. So if you wouldn't mind, a you know, first question for listeners is, uh, what do you guys do with Distributed ID? What's your business model and what do you guys work on?
1: So um, the survey that you ID was founded on the kind of um, simplistic view that there isn't really an ID platform out there. Um, and what that means is that without verifiable, uh, like, without one source of truth, we can't verify someone across the Internet. Um, and this was built out of a hackathon in St. Louis back in June um, based on the principle that, like, there are a whole bunch of notaries and a whole bunch of... Uh, Uh, services that will verify uh, documents and put that on the blockchain, verify something, put that on the blockchain, but they don't actually verify who you are before they do that. Um, And this, what I didn't really realize was a huge kind of field and a lot of people are looking into and hasn't really been solved yet. So we're taking our stab at it.
0: So you're saying that um, there are a lot of people out there that will say and put on the blockchain that you are, so-and-so, but they're not verifying you <laughs> before they put oh, your information on the blockchain?
1: So, sorry. Um, so, let's look at, like, Factum for a second, or Kirin, um, a notary service on a blockchain. Um, so, they actually kind of skip that step. They, will, um, they won't they will even check who you are. So, they'll, they'll let you enter your information, you know, like, name, um, and then they'll, they'll record your IP address, but they won't actually verify against that against anything else, which uh, a public notary or oh private
2: God. notary to I think what we're... That's absolutely...
1: Is a
2: trusted digital representation of oneself.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but you guys already already blow, blown me away. That's crazy. If you're going to use an immutable thing like the blockchain and you're going to let people on there without verifying who they are, that's completely counterproductive. I mean, that means that anyone can get their way on there Say they're so and so, and now claim, hey, it's on the blockchain, it's immutable. So, you know, I am this person, and you're not. I mean, that's crazy. That they don't do that.
1: Well, yes, yes, and it is insane. But luckily, it isn't known. Uh, I guess too much. Um, and then hmm. you're also saved by a hash. So your so your hash is kind of like your your uh, uh, ticket number to anything you put onto the blockchain. And the hash is so. Um, hard to copy unless you know the exact document that you're looking for, that um, that also does stop people from, you know, like copying.
0: That's but what one, I mean, imagine this, imagine this scenario, you know, no offense, what if I said, hey, I'm Duncan Brown and I found out your birth date and, you know, your mother's maiden name or whatever, and I, you know, created a hash of all that info and I put it on the blockchain, and then later on I was masquerading as you and I said, no, look on the blockchain, I have the hash. You know, the hash resolves. I mean, I can masquerade as you, and that's crazy.
1: Yeah, so that's that's one of the uh, that would would be the biggest fraud uh, case that we're looking at, Um, and that is why we have people or services uh, that require a in-person interview um, before they'll allow you to, you know, have your own ID on the blockchain or anything like that. And then also, what we are trying to do, which is a little bit different, is kind of. Uh, use Ethereum and smart contracts to allow us to be the only people to um, publish that onto onto a blockchain. Huh. So instead okay. of you know instead of having to have an open door policy where we take in interviews, we're gonna be the only people who open that door for, the people, for anyone who wants to attend. So what
0: methods? Um... Would you use to vet somebody to make sure that there's no fraud involved, and that you know they can get onto the blockchain, and you know they are who they say they are?
2: Um, there are there are many ways to sort of many factor authentications that that you can take into account. Uh, there's initially just your regular information which can be checked, uh, and then there's sort of timely actions that you can use multiple devices across one's personal Account, sort of like an email verification, um, a credit credit card verification, uh, payment verification into your bank account.
1: Yeah, phone number. Um, There's a whole bunch of things that create your virtual identity that we kind of overthink. You know, um, you have one name taking on the social media um, route, which would be Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, to kind of consolidate that into one, you know, unique identity. Um, which will then hopefully be used and then you have things like Uport and KYCK where uh, you have to go into an in-person interview.
0: For, um, you know, a lot of people in this space talk about the unbanked and people that are, um, well, the unbanked they call them, there's billions of them. Yeah. And the reason why they're unbanked is because they can't show the ID or don't have the ID or their credentials or the land ownership or whatever it is to get a bank account in their country. Um, yeah. Are you guys cognizant of that? Are you going to make it accessible even for people that may not have social media accounts or may not have traditional um, type uh, documents to vet them
1: so they can get onto the blockchain? So um, I was recently in China about two months ago, and this is a huge uh, market for that population. about 40 to 60% of the population is unbanked or underbanked. Um, and what mm-hmm. they have, what they, they notice they have is uh, everyone has a smartphone nowadays. Like, you might not have a laptop or a tablet, but you have access to the Internet through a smartphone, um,
2: mm-hmm. in
1: which case they have an account with some sort of mobile, uh, you know, mobile, sorry, what's the word? Payment hey, platform. Whatever, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so then through there, they're able to track their, their electronic identity. Um, and then through there, they're able to uh, reach out to them via, you know, mobile number, via email, via whatever. But, yeah, what we're noticing is that the majority of the underbanks or unbanked still has access to a telephone or a smartphone. Yeah.
2: And so we can use these actions and these interactions with the mobile device to, to build an identity over time and sort of an immutable representation that grows as
1: they make transactions, as they buy things, as they use their phone in a certain way, and then in the future we can leverage you know the information that we gathered on that person to allow for you know more financial opportunities.
0: Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That's their on-ramp when they don't have other means to do so.
1: Yeah,
2: so we, we kind of change what becomes the, the top tier credential um, in their traditional sense to mm-hmm. sort of a, a mobile representation of the person that is like a, a window into how they are spending or how they are interacting. Uh, and that can be valuable, as valuable or more valuable than, say, an additional credit score um, or, say, like land ownership, which you're speaking of.
0: Okay, very good. Um, so, you want to, okay, so you want to be the gateway through which people can vet, be vetted and come onto the blockchain. Um, are you going to have different tiers or levels of verification that will unlock people's abilities to do X, Y, Z? Or if they're a tier two, they can do more than X, Y, Z? Or tier three, that
1: kind of thing. Yeah. So we are uh, currently kind of researching which markets will, you know, uh, need different tiers. Um, we have quite a good uh, system set up in the West where. You, know, you have PayPal's method of identity, uh, identifying who you are through um, you know small deposits in your bank account. Um, there isn't too much of a need for us, so we're trying to find where we fit in here, which will be you know unverified or verified, different tiers of identity. Um, but then out in the east, out in where there are underbanked, un- a huge underbanked and unbanked population, uh, we will have mostly just an all-encompassing ID, um, which will represent you online. The, okay. the problem is to make that as accessible as the unverified for these people, and,
2: and we can right, set up our algorithms and our, our system to basically, depending on certain characteristics that we've verified and, and built on you, we can either be offering a, say a secondary tier, which is something that maybe would authorize you through Uber or Airbnb. And then there might be a, a first tier if we have, you know say, like a passport identification, or something something truly verified that we can then open up to certain credit bureaus
1: or um, help set up online banking. We um, we just yeah. a, we just submitted a hackathon um, project to the UAE GovHacks and we kind of had that two tier option where we um, first tier was allowed to you know your Twitter your Facebook your your unsensitive information but you know, still need some sort of verification, some sort of passport, password, excuse me. Um, and then second tier would be, uh, you know, actually spending the money. So spending gift cards, spending cash, spending points cards, spending... Um, but the idea was that the customer or the so the user would be able to choose um, and add on any cards that they see fit.
0: Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I would think the, um, uh, the financial... Um, services industry with AML and KYC definitely would need this help to help them vet people and be compliant.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I think that's where we're seeing the most traction and the greatest interest in this product. Uh, The the amount of money spent by individual banks or credit organizations yearly is an astronomical figure and and currently not very reliable. Um, So they are exploring technologies or solutions like the one we are providing.
0: Excellent, very good. So what stage are you at with, um, with your – it's more than a concept. You're developing your technology. Have you deployed it yet? Like what stage are you guys at with the company?
1: So we are currently finishing off our MVP. Um, and the tricky mm-hmm. part about our system is it's B2B, um, or at least we would like it to be B2B, B2B um, in which case there isn't too much front-end work to be done, um, in which case it is, it's really hard to demo. So right now we are working on finishing out a demo to you know actually show the full capability of our of our product.
0: Okay, and where do you um you know what would be an ideal first um, use case or application for you guys? What industry? What uh, maybe even which companies would use it if you're able to say? Um,
2: I think I think our first our first Point of attack, or where we where we really want to start, is um, some sort of solution for a major bank, uh, and that could possibly just be like an internal solution, where they are using they're using us uh, to basically track and monitor uh, any fraudulent activity. I think with the blockchain at a high level, it's quite a fundamental change in the way on which we store and transfer information, um, and so the I think an easiest Inroad for us right now is not to provide sort of like a global solution, but to provide almost like an intranet um, for for a single client and then tailor it <clears throat> towards their specific needs. And grow from there.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Um, uh, what was I going to ask you? Oh, all right. So you talked about some of the vetting social media. I, I don't want you to give away your secret sauce, obviously, but. Are there any other factors that you can talk about that help to make someone's identity that you found that will be potentially useful?
1: Well, yeah. So as, as I mentioned before, uh, bank accounts, uh, mobile phones, um, emails, you know, there's there's the different tiers of um, authentication. Um, but mm-hmm. we found that, you know, the strongest one is going to be your bank account. Um, and that is because there are the most levels of protection and fraud against that. So, uh, I don't know how fast it is, but, like, when I travel the bank and I, I use my debit card in the other country, the bank's pretty quick to pick up on that um, and they have a lot of systems in place to, you know, protect their users and the clients against that, against fraudulent purchases. So the bank would be, like, the number one um, most secure form of identity verification. Um, and then tra- tra- trailing off from there would be, like, mobile num- number, uh, email address, etc., social media platforms. All table. right, Obviously. and it's not so much so let, single pieces
2: that are of interest. It's it's how you put it together and it's how you yeah you you build like
1: reaction time. Yes, um, yeah, there will be certain things at play.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would be easy to spoof one piece of credential, but four or five very or you know, it'd be very different.
1: difficult. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's also um, really cool things that your device tracks um, via, via like, uh, device fingerprint. Um, and this might not be known to everyone, but your phone has a specific way you use it, and if someone was to steal your phone, they would use it in a different way, um, mm. which does alert certain applications <clears throat> which are looking for that. There's also things like oh, you okay. are at the moment. Yeah, geolocation, you know, what IP you're pinging off, what time, a lot of fraudulent... Uh, Transactions happen between two and five a.m. So all okay. all of these will be business logic rules, which we'll code into our uh, our products.
0: I got you. Yeah, if my phone typically goes from my home to my work, and then to Starbucks and whatever. And then all of a sudden, it's it's taking trips in Europe or you know going to different places. Uh, right, you'd know. Or okay. When,
2: yeah, or when you unlock your phone, the first thing you go look at is your email, and then maybe your messages, and then maybe, you know, you're off on Facebook or something like that. For other people, they'll right, be using or, it in a different manner.
0: Yeah. Yeah, or if I never make calls and all of a sudden I'm calling it, you know, or if I call numbers I've never yeah. called before. Or, that's, okay, there's a lot of uh, richness there. I see what you mean. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, and that stuff's hard to fake. Very, very hard to fake. Yeah, it's,
1: it's as unique as an uh, actual, like, biometric uh, fingerprints,
0: We're figuring it out. Um, so let's say your guy's application works, you know, fantastically and people get onto the blockchain and you're the uh, portal to which they get on. What about the other side? You know, getting acceptance that, okay, hey, if distributed ID says you are who you are, we'll accept that. You know, how do you get those, those widespread levels of acceptance at a high level? um, You know, again, that
1: you've verified someone, they believe you. Yeah, so that, that starts with, um, you know, unique users. Um, and so, like, I figure that, well, we figure that uh, as long as we're bringing value uh, to a company, then why wouldn't they want to partner with us? And uh, as long as we can bring them a user base, which they've not yet tapped, um, you know, why would they say no?
2: Yeah, I think that is, the, like, the classic chicken and the egg problem, and that it will take time to build that trust, um, both with single clients and as a brand. Uh, but I think that is one of the ultimate goals: is to be the trusted source for a digital identity and for the for the representation of who you are online.
0: Yeah, I guess the golden standard would be is if um, it's used in court. You know, if there's a legal case and your system is used and accepted by you know a given court system and a judge as yes, as in, you know, uh, proof that you know so and so is so and so
2: online voting system where instead of having to go down to the auditorium at your local school, you can just do it online through verifying mm-hmm. who you are with our platform.
0: That's great. It's a real important thing that you guys are doing. Um, what are some of the challenges you guys are facing that's making it, um, you know, difficult? What do you? What are some of the hurdles you see that you have to overcome?
2: Uh, I think initially just from a technical point of view, it's, just the fact that it is so new, it's a lot less. Um, there's not much documentation. No one's really done it before in in the way that we're trying. And so instead of sort of you know building another SaaS company, it's you sort of have to go out there and, and really figure it out on your own. Yeah. And I think I think that has been and will continue to be a major hurdle. Um, I think the way to solve that and the way to work around it is. Is really just to hire and bring on some really bright minds and and put together a really strong team. Yeah.
0: Okay. Very good. Um, what do you see as your roadmap for 2017? What are your, what are some of your goals? You want to get your minimum viable product out there. And what else do you see uh, happening for you this year? Um,
1: so yeah, we want to um, close our seed level funding. Um, build out our minimum viable product, and then we want to have a tailored solution for uh, clients. Um, we we're in talks with a couple companies. Um, yeah, we'd like to have a contract close and you know start building an actual product that they would use by you know the end of the year, beginning next year.
2: Yeah, we, we'd like to move out of sort of the research phase, you could say, and yeah. and into like a real a real product and a real business, have some cash flow, have some employees, have a team, yeah. um, really get off the ground, I guess.
0: Hmm. Um, who do you guys see as your competitors in this space and what point are they at?
1: Well, oh, yeah, that's, that's a funny co- uh, question. We've been, um, you know, there, there are quite a few competitors who have, you know, uh, impressive teams, impressive advisor boards, um, <laughs> been at this for a little bit longer than us. Um, and by that, I mean, maybe like May or April of, this, of last year. <laughs> um, but what they're doing is focusing on a different avenue than us. Um, and then you have you know, IBM uh, coming up and saying they're going to work with the Singapore team, KYCK. Um, but we don't really see too much in the actual space of development or in the industri- industrial uh, sorry, excuse me, industrial um, area. It's more just them beating their chests and uh, cl- trying to claim the market of their own. Um, as far as you know, the identity verification that we are doing, we are the sole company doing it. Hmm. Yeah, we've, we've yet to find
2: anyone doing sort of the, the exact same thing as us. Um, okay. But there are, there are many companies in the identity space, which I think yeah. is extremely promising. Um, it's definitely a real application and a real, a real potential use case of blockchain. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, every time we hear of a new identity company, it's, it's a, nice, you know, a nice validation to ask if we're on the right track.
0: When you guys say blockchain, which blockchain are you going to anchor to? Bitcoin or Ethereum or multiple?
2: Uh, yeah,
1: it'll be, we're building it out on Ethereum right now, um, but depending on where Ethereum goes in the next year or so, we, we could put timestamp into the Bitcoin blockchain. Um, we'd like to be blockchain agnostic, Yep. Um and just really be a sidechain service.
2: One of the okay. like potential avenues we're looking at is is sort of deploying sort of a a private blockchain for for major clients, uh, sort of the same way that the TCP and IP got its initial foothold with the email was it, it was built as an internal email client. This was back in the eighties. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's where we might see our, our biggest success is, is building sort of a private blockchain that's still used by 30,000 people in an organization. How
0: um, If it does go onto a public blockchain, <clears throat> which it may have to, you know, soon, um, how will you keep the data private but useful? You know, if someone's data is on the blockchain, it can be hashed and all that, but, you know, it, are there any security liabilities with having it there?
1: Um, no. So uh, the hash is a one-way function, which is computer uh, verifiable, meaning that they can hash the data into the same hash um, repeatedly mm-hmm. as many times as they want. But it's like a key. Like if they don't have the right key, they can't open the lock. Um, and at Computing Power Today's standard, it would take about you know hundreds of years for them to crack that one hash um, which would be a pretty unique individual attack against someone.
0: Yeah, there would have I to be a lot of uh, a lot of consequence or money at stake. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, I think one of the biggest security risks is actually just a, at fault of a person. Yeah. Um, say you lose your backpack and it has your phone and your computer and your passport in it. And they're all sent into your time. Yeah. Those. Those are. Those are where. Um, In the past, the certain hacks and faults have happened across the blockchain. It hasn't been the actual technology itself. It's been uh, the fault of one.
0: Well, I think you guys heard recently, um, hackers were able to port someone's number, their cell phone number, to a different number. And because they used SMS verification, they were able to get into, uh, you know, one or more people's uh, bitcoin accounts and suck out all their bitcoins and steal them
1: yeah yeah that's um you know that's a fault of two-factor authentication um because once something is used so much it becomes predictable and once you have something that's predictable you can make a hack around it um it's, mm. it's really not too hard to port someone's phone uh to your own number um but that would take a lot of research into an individual work you know, doing that too. I myself have very little bitcoin in any address at one time, so I wouldn't be a good candidate a good candidate for all of your listeners out there. Right.
0: <laughs> Leave you alone, I guess.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, like we we are looking into uh, new technologies to authentication or at least you know obfuscate the uh, predictability of it
0: okay very good So new,
1: method, new methods of re- reaching out to you you know completing that kyd loop which is so important for a financial service
0: gotcha okay um any other uh questions i should have asked that we didn't cover
1: um uh maybe I don't know, the Toronto scene is, is quite a quite a good blockchain uh, scene to be in and we're happy to be here. Um there's a lot of good talent, especially around Ethereum. Um, and uh have you have you looked into the UE UAE gov hack at all? Oh no. That was a that was like a global blockchain regulatory hackathon. Uh that was on for about a month. Um I think there's about 300 teams and probably 15 to 20 of them were from Toronto. So, we're quite proud of that.
0: Okay.
1: Any conferences
0: you're going to be at in the near future or, uh, you know, places in public where people can come and meet you in person or what's what's the best way for people to get more um, information about Distributed ID and, you know, to interact Uh, with you guys?
2: I would say for now, either visit our website, which is today. Um, you can reach out to us directly or we may be in Miami next week at the Blockchain uh, Bitcoin Conference.
1: Yeah, and our emails are Duncan, D-U-N-C-A-N, at today, and then Merrick, M E R R I C K at today.
0: Okay, well, very good, guys. I appreciate you being on the, uh, the podcast. And it's, uh, like you said, the work you're doing is very important. So, um, you know, I'm glad we talked about it.